0: Welcome guys and gals to the Man Talks show. I'm Connor Beaton, the host and founder of Man Talks. And today we are going to be diving into some very unique topics. We're going to be talking about psychedelics and the collective unconscious. Now, there is a lot to go into in this topic, and I could probably talk about this for hours. So today I'm going to focus specifically in on a letter that was written by Carl Jung, who is pretty much the creator. He is the creator of of what we call the collective unconscious, uh, and he's writing a letter to a colleague of his about the drug LSD and, and mescaline. And so, in this letter, he's he's basically unpacking his thoughts around certain psychedelics and uh, and the collective unconscious. So, I'm going to read off the letter, and then I'm going to talk about certain psychedelics, and I'm going to unpack what the collective unconscious actually is. So if you just imagine in very simple terms, you have your conscious mind. And in your conscious mind, you are aware that you have all these thoughts. You're aware that you are thinking these thoughts right now. You're aware that you're listening to the words and you're interpreting them. So that's that's part of your conscious mind. Then you have your personal unconscious. And your personal unconscious is very close to what Freud called the the id. And the personal unconscious is everything that is collectively uh, stored uh, in your psyche about your past and your life and your beliefs and your values. And and these are all the parts of yourself that you don't necessarily access, that you don't necessarily have access to, uh, but they can be called upon and brought forward into consciousness. And then there's the collective unconscious. And the collective unconscious, in a very basic way, which again, I'll dive into in a deeper sense after, the collective unconscious, in a very basic sense, is the collective unconscious of existence, collective unconscious of humanity. And in his essay in 1916, this, The Structure of the Unconscious, uh, this essay distinguishes between the personal Freudian unconscious that's filled with the, uh, you know, sexual fantasies and the repressed images, and the quote-unquote collective unconscious, which is encompassing the soul of humanity at large. And so all of the beliefs, all of the experiences, all of the knowledge, all of the memories and data and information that humanity uh, as as a whole has collected thus far— and maybe ever will collect is stored in the collective unconscious. And Jung's belief was that we have a sort of access point to that collective unconscious and that that collective unconscious dictates and and sort of um, shapes our life in very specific ways. So before we get diving deeper into that, let's dive into the letter. So I'm just going to read off the letter that Carl Jung wrote to his colleague. It has indeed very curious effects, LSD and mescaline, of which I know far too little. I don't know either what is psychotherapeutic value is with neurotic or psychotic patients. I only know there is no point in wishing to know more of the collective unconscious than one already gets through dreams and intuition. The more you know of it, the greater and heavier becomes your moral burden, Because the unconscious contents transform themselves into your individual tasks and duties as soon as they become conscious. Do you want to increase loneliness and misunderstanding? Do you want to find more and more complications and increasing responsibilities? You get enough of it as it is. If I once could say, that I had done everything I know I had to do in this lifetime, then and only then perhaps I should realize a legitimate need to take mescaline. But if I should take it now, I would not be sure at all that I had not taken it out of idle curiosity. I should hate the thought that I touched on the sphere where the paint is made that colors the world, where the light is created that makes shine the splendor of the dawn, the lines and shapes of all forms in existence, the sound that fills the orbit, the thought that illuminates the darkness of the void. There are some poor, impoverished creatures, perhaps, for whom mescaline would be a heaven-sent gift without counterpoison, but I am profoundly mistrustful of the quote-unquote pure gifts from the gods. You may pay very dearly for them when you receive them. This is not the point at all to know of or about the unconscious, nor does the story end there. On the contrary, it is how and where you begin the real quest. If you are too unconscious, it is a great relief to know a bit about the collective unconscious. But it soon becomes dangerous to know more because one does not learn at the same time how to balance it through a conscious equivalent. That is the mistake Aldous Huxley makes. He does not know that he is in the role of the Zauber who learned from his master how to call ghosts, but did not learn how to get rid of them again. It is really a mistake of our age. We think it is enough to discover new things, but we don't realize that knowing more demands a corresponding development of our morality. Radioactive clouds over Japan, Calcutta, and Saskatchewan point to progressive poisoning of the universal atmosphere. I should indeed be obliged to you if you could let me see the material they get with LSD. It is quite awful that the alienists have caught a hold of the new poison to play with without the fairest knowledge of or feeling of responsibility." It is just as if a surgeon had never learned further than to cut open his patient's belly and to leave things there in the open. When one gets to know unconscious contents, one should know how to deal with them fully. I can only hope that the doctors will feed themselves thoroughly with mescaline, the alkaloid of divine grace, so that they learn for themselves its marvelous effects. You have not finished with the conscious side as of yet. Why should you expect more from the unconscious? For 35 years, I have known enough of the, unco- of the collective unconscious and my whole efforts to are concentrated upon preparing the ways and means to deal with it. So the idea here that Carl Jung is stating in his letter, the idea here that he is stating to this uh, person that he's writing to, uh, is, is in essence that we are far too often ill-equipped and underprepared to actually experience the revelations or the revealing of what these psychedelic drugs like mushrooms or LSD or mescaline or DMT or, um, you know, whatever uh, ayahuasca, whatever psychedelic drug you're taking, we're, we're often far too ill-equipped to understand or even integrate the knowledge that happens in that space. And I just want to make one thing really clear. I'm not uh, advocating for or against psychedelic drugs. Um, I've done them. I think that some of them are pretty incredible in terms of the results that you can get, the things that you can see and experience that, you know, our body is capable of. Like DMT is a perfect example. Our body actually produces DMT. Our body actually produces forms of of psychedelics uh, within the brain, within our neurobiological chemistry. And so I'm not against these things that are naturally produced in the body. Cannabinoids are naturally produced in the body. Uh, What I am saying is that oftentimes people use these drugs as a gateway to experience a part of themselves that they haven't yet accessed uh, or to experience a part of the universe that they believe is there and they want to touch and see and experience it, but they are completely ill-equipped and underprepared to know what to actually do with it. And one of the things that I see as a major challenge is in what Carl Jung is actually saying, which I agree with. He's really just saying if you haven't spent your your life or a good part of your life leading up to taking psychedelics, you may reveal a part of the collective unconscious. You may reveal an understanding of the universe of spirit of whatever you want to call it that you actually don't know how to deal with it. You don't know how to integrate this information because our brains are only able to, to handle uh, a certain amount of change and expansion at a time. And so you may actually reveal something that you're not too sure how to integrate with. And I see this quite often with people that, um, you know, maybe have had trauma in the past, And they're not too sure how to deal with that trauma, but, you know, they've heard of other people who have gone and done ayahuasca or they've gone and done LSD or, you know, they've they've done a a mushroom trip or journey and and they've had these amazing experiences. And so they go and try it and they have an experience that they, whether it's a spiritual experience, whether it's a, a healing experience, whether it's an understanding of a universal consciousness experience. And they, they sort of come back and start to reintegrate into society, but they are challenged with understanding what to do with that information. And so they're left with almost a bigger question mark of, of existence. They're left with almost more questions and, and more seeking than they, than they did before. And it has left them with maybe not so much of an understanding. And 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 so they aren't really too sure how to integrate these pieces. And not only that, when they come back from these experiences, they aren't able or equipped with the proper verbiage, with the proper dialogue and dialect in order to actually communicate what they've experienced to other people. And so when other people hear them talk about their experiences, it's why a lot of people who go and do the ayahuasca and the DMT and stuff like that when they come back and try and, exp- and explain their experience to people who have never done any psychedelic drugs and they talk about these you know spiritual awakenings or connecting to the universe or whatever that may be they they don't really have an access point to communicate that and people are left wondering what the hell they're actually talking about and it starts to create separation and i call this spiritual isolation spiritual isolation and spiritual isolation in my Uh, context is essentially when somebody has had a spiritual awakening or experience that they are ill-equipped to explain to other people. And they, they try their best, they do their best to explain to other people what's going on. But what can end up happening is that if they... If they aren't able to explain it, but to to people who have never had psychedelic drugs, but they are able to explain it to people who have done psychedelics, and those people land with them, there starts to to come this uh, spiritual sort of hierarchy, this this essence and this experience of I know something that other people don't know. I've transcended where you know these these people are at, and it can feel very isolating for people because they they start to get actually cut off from what Carl Jung is talking about in the Collective Unconscious. So let's talk about the Collective Unconscious. (laughs) So the Collective Unconscious, again, is imagine, just imagine a, a giant hard drive, this huge, 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 huge hard drive. And on this hard drive was stored the memories, the experiences, the beliefs, the data from every human being who had ever existed, and it's all there, and it's all residing within your unconscious mind. So you have your own conscious mind, which is the very tip of the iceberg. It's the very top of the hard drive. And then you have your personal unconscious, which is a little bit bigger. It's probably, uh, you know, 10 10 to 15 sizes, 10 to 15 times the size of your consciousness. And then you have the collective unconscious, which makes up the vast majority of your unconscious uh, mind. And to start to dive into this, can what Carl Jung is saying can be a very wary and interesting experience because you could tap into the memories of or the experience, maybe not the direct memory of, but you could tap into the experience of some very dark parts of humanity. Like here's an example. Imagine that you take a psychedelic drug like LSD or mushrooms and you start to go on this hallucinogenic trip and you start experiencing parts of the collective unconscious that you clearly have never experienced in your life. And you start to experience, let's just say, a Nazi war criminal. You start to experience what it was like to be in in his or her shoes. And you start to experience his or her beliefs And their values. And then you start to go even further and you start to experience the the heinous and the the atrocity that they had committed during wartime in World War II. And you start to relive and re-experience, although almost as though you're in a lucid dream, you're almost like awake in this dream, living out this other person's life and experience as they murder, as they pillage, as they, uh, you know, torture. And just absolutely decimate women and children, throwing them into fires, poisoning them, like you name it. It's the most heinous behavior. And you have that experience on a psychedelic drug. And I'm not saying that this is what happens on psychedelic drugs. I'm saying that this is a possibility. Just like you could experience the consciousness of the universe, you could experience what it's like to be pure love or whatever else there is. But what Carl Jung is saying as a warning is that these are also the possibilities of psychedelics. These are also the possibilities of drugs like mescaline and LSD is that you can tap into the collective unconscious in such a way that you experience life and you experience consciousness and you experience the totality of existence in such a way that is absolutely horrifying for you. And and when you come back, it doesn't quite make sense. And when you come back into the reality of the experience of your own existence, of your own consciousness, of your own personal unconsciousness, and you have tasted a part of the collective unconscious that you sort of knew existed, but had never really been able to experience. And all of a sudden you've experienced it and you've experienced this dark or light side of humanity, of existence. What he's essentially saying is how do you integrate something like that? How do you integrate something that is so far from your consciousness, so far from what you have experienced or known in your life? What do you actually even do with that experience and that information? How do you start to embrace that? So this isn't a warning against Psychedelics. This isn't to say like you shouldn't do them or you should do them. Like I said, I've, I've experienced them and I know an amazing amount of, ex- of people that have experienced them and they have done incredible things for a lot of people. And the caveat to all that is that in our experiences, there are going to be things that we don't know how to explain. And there's going to be things that we don't know how to incorporate. And there's going to be things that we don't know when we come back into a space of reality. Uh, and and this can be this can be attained by the way through meditation this can be attained through holotropic breathing or through different forms of breathing exercises these states of experiencing the collective unconscious can be accessed now through many different forms and so the challenge isn't accessing these states accessing these states is is easier than ever doing these types of of psychedelic drugs and having these types of psychedelic experiences are, are more accessible than ever. The challenge actually comes with knowing how and what to do with them when you are in your everyday existence, because so many people start to try and chase that feeling, that that sense of existence that they have experienced. Or they want to avoid it because they have touched on a very dark part of the consciousness of the collective unconsciousness that they never thought that they would experience. And so the whole point of this is to educate ourselves in such a way around consciousness and psychedelics. The whole point of this is to be able to look at psychedelics, to be able to look at the conscious mind and to be able to actually uh, say to ourselves this is, this is a field, this is an area, this is an experience that I clearly know very little about, and I am going to proceed with optimistic caution, <laughs> knowing that you can have 10 great trips in a row, tri- 10 great journeys in a row, however you want to call it, and that one bad one, that one uh, trip that takes you to the dark side can fundamentally shift your whole experience and i think that that's what carl jung is trying to say is that there are parts of the collective unconscious that we know so little about and it's not just human memory and, and experience and existence it's, it's so much broader than that and to experience that in, in in terms of uh what he said with aldous huxley to be able to to master how to call ghosts but not know how to get rid of them I think that that is is really the essence of this message is that we also need to train ourselves in the art of understanding how to integrate these things because so many people that are doing psychedelics don't know necessarily how to reintegrate and they're not really taught how to reintegrate back into reality and so they go back to their corporate jobs after the ayahuasca retreat in Peru and they're not really too sure how to go back to their normal 9 to 5 and relationships fall apart and health falls apart and all all this kind of stuff and for other people it is this liberating Uh, liberation, where they feel free of their shackles, where suddenly they feel this this beautiful and ornate and intricate connection to existence itself, where they all of a sudden understand that the alchemy of God is within them, that the alchemy of the universe is within them and everyone they meet and every molecule that they meet because they start to realize or understand in their own way that Reality is a language talking to itself about itself. And I'm just going to say that again. Reality is a language talking to itself about itself. And so it's this unfolding. And I'm going to do a different podcast episode on that specifically. But um, if you enjoyed this episode, please hit me up, whether it's through at Mantox on Instagram, uh, whether you hit me up personally at Connor.Beaton on Instagram or on Facebook or uh, whatever platform you can email me at Connor at mantalks.com. Um, let me know what you thought about the psychedelics part. Let me know what you thought about the collective unconscious part. And uh, let me know if you want to hear more of these conversations. Don't forget to man it forward. Share it with just one person. Goes a long way to getting it into the ears and phones of other people. And um, until next week, this is Connor Beaton signing off.